Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of dudes drinking some irregular beers. I'm talking about Magic the Gathering in particular, the online client MTG Arena. And more in particular, the exciting new things that just got launched on Arena this week. Oh, baby, we got some new toys to play with. Very exciting. This is the most magic I've played in a very, very, very long time. So. Oh, it's uh, it's great. We've been waiting for something like this for a long time. Uh, so we're going to get into it in just a second. But each week we uh, we drink a beer and we rate it on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? Uh, so this week, very excited about this. Been waiting for it for a while. We're testing out a new mm -hmm. brewery called True History. We think it's new. It's hard yeah. to tell from their website. It It is around where I used to live when I lived in Toronto, like not that far from me. And I like to believe that if it was around when I lived there, I would have known about it. Um, so that's why in my head, it's like brand new. Um, but a friend of ours, friend of the show has actually been a guest on the show. Yeah, uh, Told us about it. And the cool thing about True History is that they only do like traditional old school styles, mm -hmm. which is really fascinating because the the thing that sells right now is like IPAs and sours. Yeah. They don't have any of that on their menu. So they're which... legit just like, we're going to appeal to, a, you know, a, what is now a niche demographic of people who appreciate these old styles rather than jumping on the fads. Because that's mm -hmm. like, and we're just going to do it, and they're able to keep afloat doing that. I mean, the beer must be pretty good. Yeah, it must be pretty good. Um, and you know, any recommendation of beer that we get from our uh, brewer friend, uh, who's also in our Discord, um, we we have to take him up on it because he knows beer so well and so much better than we yeah. do. Um, and it also is the type of thing that uh, brewers tend to go through that lot like path where they like start drinking beer, want something more exciting, start making their own beer, make really crazy, exciting beers, drink all those crazy, exciting beers, get overloaded, go to classics. I guess it's more and, of the and learn other. why the classics are classics and exactly. traditional beers have and you stood get, the test of time. You get tired of like the sours and the, the wacky pumpkin beers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and we've been drinking a lot of beer on the show. So I think we are getting closer to that, uh, that realm as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was tired of the wacky pumpkin beers when we started. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I still like them. Uh, but anyway, Jeff, tell us about the specific one that we're drinking. All right, so we're going to start with the best beer from Stone. Mm -hmm. or it's called Stones. Uh, it is 5.6%. Now, it occurred to us as well, we may not know what a fest beer is. In my <laughs> head, it was like the lager equivalent of an amber ale. Mm -hmm. So like a little more malty, you know, redder or like darker in color. When you looked it up, it said something like blonde and light in the mouth. So then I was <laughs> like, I guess I just don't know what a fest beer is and I'm about to learn. Yes. So uh, let's crack it open. Let's see what true history has for us. Uh, but with that, Jeff, we have some magic news. Oh, yeah, this is super light. This okay. is super light beer looking beer let's see yes. how it tastes um so in uh magic news cons of tarkir has just dropped onto mtg arena 
Uh, we've been waiting for this for quite some time. And with cons, we also get the new constructed format, Timeless, which is every card on Arena is able to be played. Um, crazy, crazy times. Didn't think it was going to, we were really going to get there. Um, more on that in a little bit, but um, if you're playing cons draft or limited right now, the Arena Open is this weekend, December 16th and 17th. Uh, and it's cons limited, which is fantastic. Uh, I love when they do this like right away. Uh, I kind of like, obviously yeah. people have drafted this set before so they can do it almost immediately. But I like when it's very, very soon after it releases. And I think this is a particularly interesting case of that because this benefits their long-term players who have been around and mm -hmm. like, you know, will have logged more drafts of cons than anyone else, even though there was whatever, 10 years in between. In between. So it's like perfect because they will have an edge, but the edge won't be that big because, or as big as you think, because it was like 10 years ago that they were drafting. Mm -hmm. And that was a totally different time. Like we didn't have the data that we have now. <laughs> Formats weren't solved the way they are now. Like mm -hmm. it used to be that like pro tour teams would go in with like secret tech in draft strategies that other people hadn't figured out. Like that was a yeah. thing that was happening at pro tour. It doesn't happen anymore. Everyone figures no. out the format instantly. Yes. So, or if were, you do have secret, secret tech, decks that raise about crazy, right? Like it would have to be next level um, uh, for the millions and millions and millions of games that are played. No one's figured it out, mm -hmm. but you like, it's just so unlikely now. Yeah. So we'll get into that. There's actually, I've seen a couple interesting lists that are a little bit different. So um, that I want, I'm in, interested in investing some more time into looking at uh, how to draft some of these other archetypes. But um, we did have a couple of downers this week, actually. Um, this yes. happens every once in a while. I did want to highlight these because one of them's kind of funny and the other one's really sad. So the kind of funny one I'll start with is that when we updated mtg arena uh a few players this week were not able to actually log into their account and be drafting and playing timeless um most notably this guy uh, talked about a lot more because a couple streamers it happened to so amy the amazonian who streams mtg arena every single day um yeah very popular streamer uh she could not play magic for the last few days and uh, Court of Calls as well could not. Uh, they were posting on Twitter. And I know there's many, many more. Um, and apparently I'm there is a- I'm pretty sure Court of Calls is like a huge limited player and would have been huge, psyched to jump into cons, right? Huge. <laughs> yeah, um, that sucks. Yeah, he even has an article from Channel Fireball. I mean, he played cons back before, so he still knows the format, but like, like a huge downer. Like they were waiting for this. And they found out that the reason that the bug happened and only happened to specific people. Cause obviously it doesn't happen to everybody. Um, okay. It was only players. No yeah, I had no issues either. So this bug that made it so you couldn't access your account only happened to players who have a historic brawl deck with a commander from Battle for Baldur's Gate. And that commander has to have specialize. So the reason I think this is funny is because historic brawl is obviously an arena only format and specialize well battle for baldur's gate is an arena only set oh, the card sorry the mechanic specialize is only on arena 
Battle for Baldur's Gate was a set that also was in paper, but Specialized was made specifically for Arena. Right. And it's just hilarious to be the players that are playing the digital-only cards and like them enough to build a brawl deck around one of them and know a lot about it, get locked out of the digital client, and all the other players can play, but the ones who actually like the digital cards can't play? That's crazy. That's, like, <laughs> the really enfranchised arena player can't play? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, as someone who has to work with computer code all the time, this just, like, this just makes me laugh because it's, like, that's always what happens. You're like, mm -hmm. how could this possibly be causing this other problem? Like, yeah. How could a deck that involves a specialized, how could the code possibly work that way? That the deck, you have a deck that involves specialized, you can't log in. Mm -hmm. And then when you track it down, you're just like, what the fuck? What? Why did this okay. happen? No wonder nobody. So I don't like fault them for this because this is no. just something that happens. And it's like, no one could ever have predicted that this chain of like, you know, logic would lead to this. But it's, it just makes me a smile because it's like, oh, this is why every project gets delayed at work because you're like it's not working and i have no fucking idea why it seems like it only doesn't work for people with this specific thing, thing. it makes no sense that that would be the case but it is and then you like track it down <laughs> yeah so i know some people were working some overtime at at watsi being like why are people who have we figured out that it's people with specialized commanders but mm -hmm. why is that happening yeah it's now really that we tracked it down how do we fix it um yeah Luckily, it has been fixed by now. Um, today, there is a patch that, that solved it. Um, so this is only two days after. A couple of days. Um, not, that's not guess, bad, man. For, for yeah. like, a, it's got to be a massive code base. And, mm -hmm. like, this makes no sense. That, why would these two things even be related? Yeah. Like, well, login credentials. Like. Exactly. It's good that this got solved very quickly because the challenge bug is still active where you can't you can't always challenge your friends which has shut down all tournaments on arena um which right is... there's also a lurus bug right now oh i didn't hear about the lurus bug actually yeah you're just allowed to cast multiple things from your graveyard with this oh yeah it makes lurus busted. it makes lurus busted lurus is busted but yeah, yeah, this but makes it outrageous way <laughs> busted um yeah. especially because you're playing zero cost artifacts and things like that okay i don't know um, if that's been fixed but like two days ago that was the case and people the, were posting like ah is this a weird thing with ragavan because i dashed ragavan out of my graveyard and then also played another creature it's like no no you shouldn't to. you shouldn't be able to do that um <laughs> that's that's the timeless format for you uh yeah. But anyway, just because, you know, Luris wasn't going to see enough play, they decided to really amp it up. Amp it up. Uh, the digital version is better um, yeah. than the one that's banned everywhere else. Um, <laughs> they actually buffed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the other downer thing that happened, um, this isn't specifically arena related, but uh, Hasbro has been seeing... Um, so Hasbro is the parent company for Wizards of the Coast, who makes Magic the Gathering. Uh, earlier in the year, they had laid off about 800 people. They anticipated their kind of products weren't going to do extremely well, but they knew there were going to be some more layoffs, but they didn't know how many. And then they got their fourth quarter, whatever, review and, and laid off 1,100 people about two weeks before the holidays. Um, and 
this is mainly from their toy division is not doing very well. And actually, like Watsi and Magic has been doing extremely well and keeping Hasbro afloat, but that didn't keep Watsi away from the uh, the axe. Uh, we some Watsi employees did get um, fired. Um, Paul Chion being probably the one of the biggest ones that people really really know, um, as he's a main person in coverage for Magic the Gathering. Um, I think that's unrelated to his actual job, um, so that's more contract work. But that's how people a lot of people know him nowadays. So I mean, he used to work as a designer, or a, he was like a pro play tester or something. So when they would design a sets, they had pro players try to break it basically, and then. Mm -hmm tell them where what cards are too good and where yeah. the cards were and stuff. So anyway, he has been let go as well as a bunch of other people and a bunch of people from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and it makes a little bit more sense now when we were talking about like, oh, in August, Watsi had put out all the, like the next three years of magic like they had given to mm -hmm. us, which was, we were like, why is this happening? This seems so strange. So I think that there were rumors going around so i don't think that this was an extreme shock to people but it right. was kind of like there's an email sent out being like people are going to lose their jobs and then if you get the email you lost your job and that's kind of how that happened and that yeah. it's been very sad especially this time of year yeah that was watsi trying to make the case that people are psyched for them and please don't fire us yeah yeah so that's that's just a bummer. So, um, you know, thoughts go out to everyone who was affected by those. And um, we won't just remember that um, the projects that are coming out this next year have already been basically close to finished. Um, so uh, design wise, we won't really see a lot of the um, ramifications to some of this for a few years. Um, yeah. So in, in about two years, if we look, we're like, well, this set didn't really hit could have been because the people got fired right now the problem is that that works both ways like even if they realize they don't have the staff they need to make the same quality content it's going to mm -hmm. take a few years there's going to be a few years of bad sets basically exactly yeah and watsi also gets to say hey look the or not watsi uh, hasbro gets to say look the sets are doing really well our decision was right and we're like well no but that set was already done like you're yeah yeah you're so anyway we're gonna have i think we can anticipate um extra secret layers and a lot more straight to consumer products um, in an attempt to grab even more cash. If you didn't already feel like they were doing that already. Um, but anyway, um, so that's just the thing. Look, just look out for that. Um, and you know what I was hoping for? More spoilers. <laughs> I think I need more spoilers. Yeah, let's do more of that. Oh my God. Anyway, let's talk about tar cons of Tarkir. Yes. Because um, this is so fun because I hadn't drafted really this set at all before this last week. Um, yeah. I was not playing during cons. I had come back to Magic right after it in Magic Origins. Uh, but you played through cons and knew it quite well. So how is it coming back to it after all these years? It feels the same. Honestly, mm -hmm. it feels it feels the same. Um, so cons for me is a set that holds holds a special place in my heart because I took a magic break, basically like high school and uh, my undergraduate, 
I didn't play. I don't remember how much I played in middle school. I think a little bit, and then that's kind of when I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't it wasn't cool enough? I guess I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. I, I stopped playing, and then uh, when I didn't care about being cool anymore, I came back to it, and that was exactly at Concept Arc here. Um, Great timing. Little uh, aging myself there a bit, but yep. I, after I finished undergraduate was when Constant Darker came out, um, and I was just like, you know what? Like I haven't played Magic or whatever. I'm just gonna go to a draft or whatever, and I had so much fun that I was just doing the like F and M thing, I guess, just going to mm-hmm. the draft at my local store uh, every week, and yeah, I just draft a lot of this set, and then I started going to like PTQs and stuff in fate reforged and oh, okay so, very so those were the ones where i was like competitively playing limited cons was all just like having fun, fun at the local store kind of thing so i was my concern was like a lot of the strategies i'd learned or remember having the most success with back in the day were just like <laughs> local store strategies and probably weren't the real oh, deal sure. But the decks I'm playing against are the decks I remember being good mm-hmm. and the decks that I'm doing well with are the decks that I remember being good and stuff. So um, I don't know. It's it's just like the nostalgia is, is awesome because there's another level to it that if you're listening and you tried cons, you haven't tried it yet. If you've tried it, you'll notice it's so different than a modern limited set. Mm-hmm. Two drops don't matter as anywhere near as much. And like the removal is awful and it's just chock full of literally unplayable cards. Like mm-hmm. that just doesn't happen anymore. Every card is at the worst card in the set is like something you can play if you need to kind of thing yeah. these days. No, no, there's like unplayable garbage in this, in this yeah. set, especially in best of one. Cause a lot of it was like designed to be sideboard, sideboard only. Yeah. What's um, that freaking um, the, that black enchantment uh molting snakeskin um i've never seen anyone play this card i'm sure even you... stuff like erase there's like one man oh, oh sure enchantment. you're just never gonna play that yeah and shatter yeah yeah it's just like no yeah and then the removal it all looks awful to mm-hmm. a, a modern day player i'm sure but actually it's mostly pretty good and yeah, i kind of have to take mm-hmm. it because it's just that's just what you what have you get yeah and you have to remember like you have to think that something like two-thirds of the creatures in this format are two twos because mm-hmm. <laughs> the most most common play by far on turn three is to morph something is morph. yeah so stuff like debilitating injury which is dead weight that costs an extra mana is actually mm-hmm. a good card yes even though you'd read that and you'd be like oh this man sucks. like dead weight for two that sounds awful yeah but actually thank god that it is dead, dead weight for two because if it was just oh, dead weight dead weight would be absurd in this busted format. Yeah, there's yeah. so many two power things. Or two like bring low, it's like ugh. Mm-hmm. In a normal set, normal modern day set, I would be really not want to play this. But yeah. in this set, I'm like, ooh, bring low, not bad, not bad. Yeah, and bring low three like... damage for four mana, pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, <laughs> at instant speed, okay. And also, if it, the creature has a plus one plus one counter, it deals five. <laughs> so every once in a while, you like outlast your creature, and it's a three four, and you're like, sick, I'm feeling pretty good. And then they just bring it, bring low, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I literally just made it, uh, well, I, I, there's nothing I could do. I guess at that point, you're just like, whatever. 
it, it was going to die either way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so you so you're saying that you're you're doing quite well drafting, uh, playing cons. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that. So I've done I've only done three drafts on Arena. Okay. I got seven wins, then I got two wins, then I got five wins. So I've done like the whole spectrum. I've done like the pretty the the excellent draft, terrible mm-hmm. draft, and the like pretty good, but you know we're happy we're happy with the draft. Gotcha. I... The deck that was the best deck. <laughs> yeah. The best deck I drafted was the two win mm-hmm. deck, by far. Oh, that deck okay. was absurd, but I never mm-hmm. hit more than three lands in all three of my losses. The two games that I actually drew lands and spells mm-hmm. i crushed yeah and then every other game was just like sitting there playing a morph every single turn because all i had was three lands and you can't and unmorph it like, and eventually i'm gonna lose just playing two twos for three every turn mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so how have you been doing in the format i have been <laughs> doing horribly it has been <laughs> the worst draft format um it's been very bad very very bad actually so it's so funny i've so i've been streaming this week i did my first uh drafts of cons on stream um uh, i've drafted about 10 times now um and they've all been pretty brutal uh i think i've only had positive win percentages twice (laughs) so it's been like (laughs) i've racked up a lot i've learned a lot about losing at this blown a lot of gold (laughs) Yeah, I did have to re-up some gems um, just yeah. to make sure. But I, I'm also okay with it because I do want to get better at this, especially because this is the classic, like you said before, grindy formats are not my favorite. I really like fast formats, things that like um, reward you for going one drop, two drop, three drop. This set, there are there are some one drops you can play, but a lot of them are traps. Uh, yeah, that's the thing few. if you're a new player. Mm-hmm. It was the it was just the limited advice for years, as long as like I can pretty much remember. You just don't play one drops in limited. That yeah. sounds weird to a new player because one drops like now. I don't want to say they define the formats now, but they're very very like you know we're know. talking spyglass siren. We're talking the the guide hawk wing. That, like yeah guide wing yeah, and like these are just good limited cards that mm-hmm. you are actively interested in taking relatively early. That's not like in old sets like this, it's like you, you don't take one drops. Yeah. And, and it's it's so like funny. Maybe you play them if you get one late in an aggro deck kind of thing, but generally they're they're never worth it. Yeah. Well, I've actually been finding that like this set has a lot of like big butts. There just are a ton of creatures that have like huge toughness. Like two mana o fives and or o sixes even and just yep. like there's like a three mana o five that flies and just like stuff like yeah. that where it's like it has morph though so it has morph yeah um to me i always called that card uh, gray ogre right because it's mm-hmm. like this is literally a two two for three mm-hmm. and it will come up occasionally that you unmorph you this unmorph it <laughs> for the most part but like every like a lot of the time the boards just get stuck because there's like you have a three six and i have a four five and i have a two three and it's like all these weird combat situations yep. and the combat tricks aren't very good uh for no, the most part awful. that's that's and the, the other thing like, pretty they've bad. figured out how to make good one drops in limited they figured out how to make good combat tricks in limited mm-hmm. 
um the removal in this set was like intentionally kind of bad because yeah. if the removal was super efficient morph would be a terrible mechanic basically uh, yeah exactly and so removal has ebbed and flowed since mm -hmm. the time that I've played, sometimes it was like too efficient. Sometimes it was too inefficient. They've kind of settled on, you know, you have you have your your good like efficient uncommon removal, and then like kind of your sort of crappy common removal, and that's yeah, that's like their template these days. Um, but uh, yeah, the removals in this set, sh short of murderous cut, is awful, mm -hmm. which is hilarious because I haven't seen murderous cut once. Oh, like yeah? played or in draft i have never seen i got triple murderous cut once that is one of my games disgusting so murderous cut is a black um just like murder uh it's like what is it four and a black yeah four and a black it's four and a black with delf yeah yeah at instant speed um and it just like so you could easily murder something for one mana um and yeah that's... but it is interesting because it can't it doesn't save you early like yes if you're if you're getting pressured early murderous cut's not going to help it's one mm -hmm. of those things that just lets you double spell later in the game and you get so far ahead because you're like play my own five drop plus kill your five drop mm -hmm. and it's like that's just a backbreaking turn yeah and i think just like the the fixing the fix well the fixing sorry i'm my brain is going into a million directions but yeah what i'm trying to say is the actual like creature card fixing isn't fantastic we don't have a bunch of things that like fix your mana like artifacts that filter or things like that that we're used to today but the yeah. there are lands everywhere because it's not a land slot in your pack it's just lands are just common cards and packs could have three common and uncommon dual lands yeah and you so you have the common uh dual lands the uncommon tri lands and then the rare fetch lands yeah, and you can have a pack with like four um, multi lands in it. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, yeah. And so, like, you're fixing as far as that goes. You know, most games start with like tap land, tap land, untap land, morph. That tends to be how yes. the game begins. Yeah, if you have a hand that doesn't start till turn three, that's okay. Yeah, because your opponent probably has the same hand. Yeah, like it's super common to just play tap lands and then morph on turn three. Yeah, and so there. Yeah, this that's, this that's how most games start. I would mm -hmm. say <laughs> this format really likes you. Like it tells you, hey, be greedy, play just cards you find, uh, prioritize lands, and making sure that you can play. You know, playing three colors is obvious but playing four and five is very very common and most people are doing it yeah so just uh just i'm trying to be able to lean more into that i don't really like playing five color i think i think it's something that okay, a lot of magic, so so i i think a lot of magic players love that and especially like um kind of i don't know i don't know if it's like newer players or just like janky stuff but I love looking at my hand, having my two colors, and a one drop, a two drop, and a three drop. And that is the, I love that. It, the feeling is so good. Having the first couple turns of trying to make sure I get the right colors mm -hmm. and making sure I get that, and then being able to turn the tides of battle is not my favorite. I'd much rather just 
punch them so hard so fast that they can't turn ever and they if they miss a land drop the set to work on that then i know i know um you can play (laughs) warriors if if you get black white warriors you can do the you're dirtling around with tap lands and i'm gonna punch you in the face i did find out that black white is the uh, color combination that you want and don't lean on red mainly and then white because i tried that and i did oh yeah no in fact you should pretty much only play red like for a good reason something like ankle shanker is a very fucking good reason oh jesus fucking christ Uh, (laughs) even like the pony back brigade that's a good enough Mm -hmm. reason to splash some red but don't just splash random red cards in your black white deck the black white deck is an aggro deck it's the aggro deck of the format Mm -hmm. it might not seem as fast as you're used to but that's because the format's really slow so if the aggro deck was really fast then it would would be absurd and when this so and people did know that and when the set first dropped you couldn't play warriors it was like almost impossible to draft the deck i never see it and i play against it a lot Mm -hmm. and so now it's like i think after this weekend because once the arena open happens i think anyone who was practicing for three open will probably stop and play something else maybe play timeless so if you want to just like practice in like a like a lower stakes uh, situation or if you're having problems this week like me playing cons i think next week will be a little bit easier because there will be people who like let go a bit and then you might be able to open up a little bit more because this cons so my, is running to like the 16th of january i think yeah yeah my memory of warriors was that if you were the only player drafting and the cards in the packs were there, then you're going to 3-0. But if either of those things aren't true, you're probably going to like 1-2. Yeah. And Uh, and this was, you know, again, old school, you played three best Mm -hmm. of three matches. That's how drafts work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't a to seven or whatever. Um, So it was very like you got to get the signal to go warriors you're you're getting the chief of the hordes and like whatever turn or pick four or something yeah and people are saying hey nobody else at the table is doing this and you're seeing the uncommons that you need to see for this deck to be relevant Mm -hmm. then you could audible into it i basically never did it because um it just felt too risky like you would just end up with a bad deck too often Mm mm-hmm because uh, you have to take some I think I think now I'm a little more open to like wasting picks but that's the modern player in me that's like you always have enough playables you mm-hmm. don't always have enough playables and cons because you're <laughs> taking lands there are lots of bad cards you gotta be yeah. really cognizant of how many playables you have at you every be, point in the draft you could actually be playing like vanilla creatures the set has yeah, vanilla yeah, yeah. creatures you're, was, you're gonna have to play some grizzly bears man like, it's it's so <laughs> funny because i was talking on the stream about this where it's like i'm just all the times we've talked about oh vanilla creatures are gone we don't have them in, the, in like in limited we barely have french vanilla creatures anymore which are creatures that just have keywords like flying or reach or whatever yeah um the, the fact that when i am the first thing that happens when i'm drafting cons i'm like oh this vanilla creature Fuck this card. I hate this card. Yeah, yeah. But like every time I talk about it besides that, I'm like, oh, remember the days with vanilla creatures? That was great. Ah, we really just right. need something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we need those old school stuff. So I think I, I f- on on the topic of vanilla creatures, just to jump in yes. really quickly. Alpine Grizzly is a way higher pick than you think it is. Mm-hmm. That's something 
and I knew from playing in the past, so I was like, "Whoa, that's like a sixth pick Alpine Grizzly like, mm-hmm. slam." So Everyone Al- else is like, "What is this vanilla piece of shit?" Yeah, it's it's a three mana four two that does that's it. Um, but the reason that it's good is because there's a lot of cards that care about having four power, and on yeah. turn three, a lot of the time you're just playing a two two because that's what all your morphs are. So if you can Alpine Grizzly into something else that cares about having four power pretty strong um though it, it doesn't block well or and it does get just like traded with a morph though you know trading with morphs is totally fine because you know they're going to get worse and it like later yeah, on that's the thing that i think that's the secret thing that makes it great mm-hmm. is your opponent is incentivized to trade their better creature with it they're like mm-hmm. attacking with an ifrit weapon master and you're mm-hmm. like Block. yeah <laughs> i just anyway. traded an alpine grizzly for a four three first strike that's gonna flip and do something plus three plus up yeah so that just I, feels like a win it does even though you're even on mana like your card quality you you won the card quality battle they spent a higher pick on their card than you spent on yours totally and their card was also going to like you know change the tides of battle and like be yeah, crazy. Any they feel ins- they need to block because they can't just take four mm-hmm. damage a turn. And they're yes. gonna their plan is to play more fun turn three, more fun turn four. Like they got yeah. a lot. So uh, the other thing is there is an Alpine Grizzly aggro deck. I remember mm-hmm. this from back in the day. This was like this was like the deck that you kind of wanted to be. Yeah, but it never. It was it would, the stars had to align. But you're taking like all the quote unquote bad cards. You're taking like singing bell strikes. You're mm-hmm. taking alpine grizzlies. And then you're just like the plan is literally just like play four twos and then like force force away and then singing bell strike. And then they're dead like surprisingly quickly because they don't you're probably not playing a one drop or a two drop, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like Alpine Grizzly untap, like Alpine Grizzly untap, like remove both your blockers, swing for eight, and then yeah. suddenly your opponent's fucked. <laughs> so I was gonna come up, I was gonna talk about this because I didn't know about this deck until recently. I've been seeing some people talk about it online, but the card that actually surprised me the most in this aggressive green deck, I've I've seen some people with the green blue and the green white versions of this. But okay. there, I remember the green blue version from my mm-hmm. days at the local shop, where everyone was always like, "Oh man, I really hope I'm Simic Grizzlies today." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the card that stood out to me the most—I don't know if this is a card that was played in that, but I'm assuming that it probably was—is Smoke Teller. So mm-hmm. S- Smoke Teller is just like a, a two mana two two that has an activated ability. You could look at like face down creatures your opponents control, but you don't care about that at all. Though somebody did it against me. Yeah. That today. was part of the the Grizzlies aggro mm-hmm. deck because it's a Grizzly Bear. Yeah, it's a Grizzly it Bear. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't else. do anything. It's a yeah. yeah, and so you just you play that, and then you just a uh, yeah, just go straight to the face, and then you actually take and play Awaken the Bear. And again, you're so happy trading that for a morph. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because you're like mine costs two, yours costs three, and is better in the late game. So like, yeah. when your opponent's attacking with like four of those Smoke Teller dudes, you're just like, what a what. I, and nobody else wants smoke teller cause exactly because it's, it's grizzly bear it's awful like it <laughs> and it also you know it looks exactly like one of the unplayable trash cards but in yeah. fact it can be very good if you build around it so that's the next deck i'm interested in building is this smoke teller grizzly bear yeah yeah 
like attack. sometimes you just see a dog shit pack too like that just mm-hmm. happens in cons where everything yeah. sucks and you're like i'm gonna take alpine grizzly that's just what i'm gonna do i'm yeah. just gonna do that and then i'll feel comfortable taking ferocious cards and stuff like that like maybe exactly. i'm giving myself an out to draft the deck that is all bad cards but is a good deck mm-hmm. like that's one of the things that older formats are more known for like now everything's super streamlined. Every color pair has the thing they're trying to do, and you know what the good version of every color pair is. Mm-hmm. Cons is so different from that. There are like there are still these weird archetypes, but some of them are good because they make use of the bad cards that nobody else wants and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah. And I also just want to say that like when we drafted, well, Jeff and I had drafted cons once for um, like uh, with all our, our our friend group and jeff was telling me that he was playing secret plans and i was like really that card is terrible right so good because in my mind cons cons was like packs that i would open or cards i would get from like dollar store packs or random shit and secret plans is the biggest piece of crap because it's just like green blue for an enchantment and your face down creatures get plus zero plus one so they're all two threes and then whenever you uh a permanent you control is turned face up you draw a card now, this is a very good card in this limited format. <laughs> but like, yeah, when all of your morphs are two threes, yeah, ooh. so much better than your opponents. You can attack with your morphs, and your opponent has to like double block in like these weird ways. And then just literally being like, well, later in the game, you just like morph a creature you could just play just so you can draw cards to like beat your opponent. Secret Plans is so the- awesome. I, so the thing I, that happens in these morph battles, right? Mm-hmm. So a quick tip is when you have a hand with multiple morphs, I tend to favor playing my shittiest one first mm-hmm. because you're going to do the morph chicken thing mm-hmm. where someone attacks their morph into the other person's morph and whoever has the crappier morph is going to win that battle on the trade. Yeah. So you have to like gamble on whether your morph is crappier than their, their morph um, <laughs> is basically how it goes. And like they all morph for like five, six, seven mana. So on turn three, you're not going to don't play the good one because you um, can't morph. You can't you're not morph, morph it, the... it next turn anyways. Yeah, exactly. So what then happens is arena tells you which one they played first, second, and third. And you have mm-hmm. to see, are, are they juking me? Did they really play their good one first to try to get me to block the second one they played? And like, you get into all these weird morph. Uh, mind games mm-hmm. but you get into this game of morph chicken where you both have like five mana and it's like who's gonna unmorph first because mm-hmm. the other person can like play a removal spell out of nowhere or something or morph a different thing or like give it plus three plus zero oh from a weapon master kind of and so you're just like pass priority and they're mm-hmm. like ass back and then yeah. the next trade and you <laughs> see who, who was right in the um, graveyards yeah but when your morphs are two threes you don't have to fucking worry about that like they have to act first yeah. and that is huge i i do want to say like as we're in the morph thing with the morph chicken and all that that um my biggest thing right now is just memorizing all the morphs and knowing yeah. when they attack me okay which one could it be? All right. It's not, they don't have six mana, so it can't be the the woolly mammoth guy, the six, seven, the yeah, green that, one. That one's a house. That, that's like, that one, the... that one was like one of the best commons in the set. I think it is the best green common, but mm-hmm. that's what I had it as. 
just because it is the biggest morph. Yeah. And so when you get into these games of morph chicken, you know you're going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you get in situations where you're like, okay. And, and finally today, I've come to the realization that it's like, okay, if they're attacking me with this thing, they have five mana up and they have Abzan mana. I'm going to double block this because I think that it's the 4-4 lifelink the four, and I want to kill life. it. Yeah. And so doing things like that is starting to get me into a place where I can do well. So it And it also shows you like, I knew that two threes were good because when morphs will attack you, you can obviously block. We just talked about two threes. But if you have two 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 threes <laughs> and they can block a morph that unmorphs into a four four or like a five three or five two, then you're feeling good because then you don't really And your opponent has to like order blockers and exactly. morphs. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. So so knowing that like um what the common morphs are and the ones that really matter that will like change combat, which essentially yeah. like, um, like, oh, do they have like, oh, am I really worried if this is like the three, three first striker, which costs five to unmorph or the Canyon lurkers is a five, two that unmorphs for four. So that's one that they might throw out first, things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, that's the one that's always first for me mm-hmm. or like Sagu archers and like random crap. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And like when you're attacking into your opponent and they have like five mana up and it's green and you're a flying in the air, you're like, wow, do I, how punished do I get if, cause I have a two, one in the air. If they have the two, five, I'm pretty boned. They really they, hold their Sagu Archer. And they, they flip it yeah. and it's the fucking two, five. And you're like, God it's damn it. It's the two, five. Yep. Especially because like everyone's playing a bunch of different colors. So like you have to know all of the different ones because like, yeah. They could have morph is extremely it's not only extremely like knowledge testing you just have Mm -hmm. to know it's also very skill testing because you have to think through the decision trees on what the different realistic morphs could be and why they would want to do different actions depending on which ones they have what you know the information they've given me so far in the game you know how did they act how did they play their cards Mm -hmm. and then you know there are three morphs this could be two of them this play is right one of them this play is right are they all equally likely that kind of stuff like yeah sometimes you just you make the right play and you just, it was the wrong like you you played around three morphs and it was the fourth one that got you that just happened yeah it's like what are you gonna do and, and um, there's rare morphs that you just shouldn't bother playing around like yes. they're just gonna screw you sometimes that's that's a really good point uh, because like, you know, when your opponent has three morphs and you cast a spell and then they counter it with the blue one that like counters and steals your spell, uh, wow, that's insane. the snake yeah. one, you, you, you like that happened to me and it's just like, well, there's no way I'm not playing my spell when we're top decking. Yeah. I'm just going to do nothing for the, like, there's nothing I can do against that card. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Karu spell snatcher. It's like, it's just going to get me. In, in a lot of yeah. games go into that situation where you're both kind of like, like the original taking. hostage taker you know <laughs> yeah oh god um, um i always get screwed by the red one that active treasons and they're just like oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. got me again <laughs> got me again um but yeah anyway i i am slowly getting better at this format and that's what's kind of fun about it for me at this moment is like seeing okay I'm starting to get it, but it took the learning curve was really, really steep for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably for a lot of people as well. For sure. It's just so different than what you've been playing recently. It's so different than modern draft formats. And you really are like incentivized, like 
for literally the morphs. You just need to know. You just need to know all of them. Plus, you made the mistake of starting in platinum. So. Yeah, yeah. That's I started true. in bronze, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, as you're doing that. I got past Ghostfire Blade like fifth. <laughs> Somebody passed that to me like fourth. And I was like, I mean, I didn't win, right. but. You always. Ghostfire Blade is literally the pack one pick one that you want. Yeah. It is for sure going in your deck and is for sure going to be an absolute bomb in your deck. Mm -hmm. uh, Ghostfire Blade is like one mana for a equipment that has equipped one to a colorless creature, like a morph. It gives it plus two, plus two. Think of the equipment that gives plus two, plus two, and it's one mana plus one to equip. Mm -hmm. No, you're never going to lose a game. Of yeah, <laughs> you're also totally fine with like, like the best things that you can do with it is putting on, on the mystic, uh, the yeah. the blue unblockable creature and then unmorphing it. And so you like got to equip it for cheap and then you just get to attack for five. Yeah, um, I don't mind putting it on uh, the team or trampler. I don't mind mm -hmm. putting it on the ice feather even. You know, but yeah. Like, yeah, it's good on every. It's good on a fucking morphed cannon. Yeah, I, I put it on my uh, my siege rhino recently. It was pretty good. Nice, love it. <laughs> so uh, we have been talking a lot about uh, cons, but I did want to take a quick break to talk about the next beer that we're drinking. As I see, Jeff has poured it into his glass. Oh, I so already did that. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen. Um, so I'm just going to take a quick break uh, to talk about this. So. We're doing two beers tonight. Uh, going old school because these ones are smaller, and this is the one I was interested in. Um, is a True Histories after this, after that, which is a Munch style Dunkel. It's five point two percent. I totally read that as Munich style until you just said that. Yes, I, like, huh. I just assumed I, it was Munich style. I, I I'm assuming that Munch just means Munich. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, that's basically what i was taking it so at. this looks like what i expected the first one to look like <laughs> yeah so yeah because i th think now we're learning that a fest beer is really something that you can drink a ton of at a beer fest because it's at Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah that makes sense which would make sense um but yeah ooh, beautiful dunkel colors um so yeah now i have only been playing cons as it's standing yeah. and i'm going to be playing cons for a long time because i'm getting closer to my no pass list like as we talk with all draft formats we have a no pass list and this one was very easy for us basically like jeff what was your no pass list for this fetch lands and dig through time mm -hmm. so that was the same for me i also wanted one more copy of hardened scales because i had three and so now i have four and i can if I ever want to play that in parts too mathy pioneer, I, it is very mathy, but luckily arena does most of it for me yeah. or uh, sorry. You, I don't like turning all the dice and remembering that, but you, mm -hmm. you literally just mean like counting to be like, okay, if I do this play, then it has more than that. They're only at 17. Are they dead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got that, and um, obviously, if you ever see a fetch land, take it immediately because you're going to be playing it in the timeless format. Yes, if you're at all interested in timeless. Now, I will say, I drafted three drafts of cons. I did, I would say overall, like relatively well. I had the one bad draft, but I got a mm -hmm. healthy amount of prize packs. I got two fetch lands from that whole experience. That's amazing. I would That's say. not enough. That's not enough. No, well, three drafts, not... two fetch lands. 
It's going to take me forever. How many Jeff, drafts I got to do to get a play I guess set of everything? I've done. And they weren't the fetch lands that I wanted. Okay. It was uh, Windswept Heath and Wooded Foothills. Okay. See, I want Wooded Foothills. Uh, so <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm like okay with Wooded Foothills, but yeah. anyway, it's it's my middle. It's red. My middle one. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but windswept heath is literally my bottom one at least see i love windswept heath uh i don't think it's going to be a deck that i can actually play in timeless but windswept windswept heath is the boggles uh fetch land i see gotcha um but i was expecting since i think a lot of people are playing cons and very few people will actually play timeless i was kind of expecting fetch lands to come around in the draft a little bit more I mm. had to open one in the draft and I opened one in a prize pack. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like I kind of expected you'd be seeing these more of them a little more often. I think people have gotten the memo that like remember when they're not good limited cards. They're, they're okay. They're worse they're than okay. the dual lands and trilands. That's true. They are worse, especially if you're trying to like splash a color because you don't really want to put a basic in your your deck. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to put the basic splash mm-hmm. of the splash color. So, and then you take a damage instead of gaining a life. Exactly. Um, like I don't know. I was kind of maybe I've only done three drafts, right? But like, are you seeing that there these are not I flying have, around the tables? I no, I have been past one flooded strand, and it was like second pick. So yeah, it was just somebody who was like, either they had all of them because they crafted them or they're just like, I don't really want to do that. But I, I thought there'd be a lot of people that just didn't care, right? Like even you were saying, because you weren't sure on Timeless, like maybe I'll just don't have to take fetch lands. You know? No, no, no. So originally when I didn't know about Timeless, because that wasn't a format yet, I wasn't going to take them. I, I said, like, sorry, right, doing right. This. yeah, yeah. But now that obviously we have a format we can play them in i want to have them that's something i do care about especially because right. they're lands but it does it's my number one gripe right now with timeless is that when i'm looking at decks i want to build i don't have any of the cards because i didn't draft them in strixhaven because why would i take dark ritual or why would i take yeah. lightning bolt when i can't play it anywhere besides the draft i would just pass it and now i'm kicking myself because man if i had a play set of lightning bolts it'd be a lot easier to to play some of these decks I want to play. Um, yeah. So in the past, I may have, that was a long time ago, guys, but I may have given you some <laughs> advice saying, hey, don't draft that because you don't need it. Well, you never know what the future holds. Maybe you should just draft cards. Yeah, maybe this is a good learning lesson. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, come on. Did Wizards even know this was happening? Like. <laughs> No, they're, but there. Oh no! Let's put lightning bolt in there. Whatever. No, but to be fair, there was a there's a few people on Twitter that had been talking for a long time, being like, "They're gonna bring a modern like format to arena. They're gonna bring modern to arena." Yeah. Now they were incorrect. It's they didn't bring modern to arena, but they did bring a format right. that has. Uh, this is so much. This makes so much more sense. Like, yeah. Obviously, modern is never gonna be on arena. No. Uh, but timeless. It's just it, honestly, people are talking. Is it legacy light? Is it more like modern? Is it vintage light? It's its own thing. It's its own thing. It's yeah. its own thing. You're allowed to play cards that are banned in legacy, mm-hmm. but the card pool is much, much smaller than legacy. So it, it really just is its own thing. Yeah. I don't have those aether vials. I want to play death and taxes. 
I mean, you still can. You can you can play the Juggernaut Peddler or whatever. Uh, Have you seen that card? It's an alchemy card or whatever. It, wait. It, you play it, and it's like a 2-2 two, two for 2 or a 3-2 for 2 or something, and it turns a card in your opponent's hand into a Juggernaut. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah. So you exile a card from their hand, and then they get a Juggernaut. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Was this Dominaria? Yeah, I think, yeah I think this it's is pretty. It's pretty good. That seems pretty especially good, especially in Timeless. But it's such like a, a weirdo like alchemy card. But, oh yeah, you get but... to choose the card too. Yeah, yeah. It's like playing a you know like a a bat or whatever. Yeah. But this is exiled for good, and they just get a shitty card. <laughs> yeah. Does my deck lose to Juggernauts though? That's the question. <laughs> it, can, can, I... can I beat a Juggernaut? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I'll have Thalia, so it'll cost. Uh, oh no, still four. Damn. No, it, it still costs four. Yeah, it's um, not a vehicle because they didn't have that technology at the time. Yeah, and the Juggernaut is just a two-two with vigilance, and so it can't trade with the Juggernaut. Um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I do like the idea though uh <laughs> though the thing is like i don't want to invest rare wild cards into alchemy cards that could be horrible that's true that's yeah true. when i could like invest that into <laughs> the lightning bolts or the dark rituals that i want or the blood moon is is mythic so that's not an issue i can get those whenever i want but rare wild cards right now are tight yeah as always and this format requires a lot of them yes um so I did take the plunge, and I, okay. after getting frustrated about the just two fetch lands and not the ones I wanted in three mm -hmm. drafts, I was like, if I'm going to play timeless, like if this is just going to take forever of Constraft. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enjoy Constraft, but I'm just not in a super drafty mood right now. Mm -hmm. So like three drafts was pretty solid. Like, okay. okay, I remember what this format was like. I had a ton of fun. I'm not feeling like I really want to jump back in yeah. to another one immediately. Um, maybe I, I'll catch the bug again before it goes, but it's like... I, I will be drafting it until I can do well. <laughs> if I find time, maybe I'll hop into the Arena Open. I don't know, but like... Because that's just super fun always, yeah. I think. Um, but I was just like, you know what? This isn't happening. I'm not going to mm -hmm. actually collect the fetch lands from drafting this set. Yeah. Um, so I just built a deck. So I have played Timeless. And because I don't know, like, I don't know if I, I mentioned this on air. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think we just talked about it in the Discord and, like, you know, me and you talking. But I, I made a push to Mythic recently in Explorer. Yeah. And I actually just kind of kept pushing, and now I'm like, I don't know what I'm ranked right now, but I'm top mm -hmm. 50. Mythic oh, amazing. Sure. And so I'm playing Timeless. I jumped into Timeless, and I was like, we're playing ranked Timeless. And so I'm like in the top 50 Mythic, like ranked Timeless queues. Oh. And uh, yeah, brush, brush off my shoulders or whatever, but I am 5-0 and in this format. Wow. So I'm pretty much a master. <laughs> but Zach... This is, you know, I had to throw in the the humble brag. Actually, mm -hmm. it was just a brag. I guess. It was just a brag. Wow. Um, I had to throw in the brag because what I'm about to tell you is truly shameful. Okay. Have you heard the quote? I believe uh, it's from Batman that says, uh, you either die a hero 
or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. Right. The villain? I've I've been playing Rakdos, Blood Moon. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, you're the hero of my heart, though. That sounds okay. Well, fantastic. <laughs> now, to be fair, I am also undefeated in Timeless, but that's because I haven't played oh, a nice. single match. Yeah. Um, and so Blood Moon has not happened to me yet, so I don't know if I feel. I really currently it's a card I actually want to play. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, tell me about your list because I'm going to steal it immediately. Sure. Yeah, I could post it too. I mean, there mm. are a lot of rare wild cards involved. Um, so I wanted to. I didn't want to brew in a crazy way. What I said mm. was like. I'm only you're only allowed to craft sure things, mm-hmm. cards that are absolutely just gonna be staples right. of the format. And so that's why I landed on this Rakdos list because the cards mm-hmm. I had to craft were Deathrite Shaman, mm-hmm. Duh, Ragavan, Duh, Orcish Bowmasters. Which yeah. when I read the card, I was always like, "Oh man, people are going crazy for this card. It's really good." Now that I play it, I'm like, "This card is so stupidly good that mm-hmm. like." I think it's the best card in the format. Um, and then Fetch Flans. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lightning Bolts. And, and Blood Moon. Yeah, and Blood Moon. But again, you, you already mentioned this mythic, right? So like, Oh, right. So that's, yeah, yeah. It doesn't put a strain on your wild cards. Yeah, the rares were like uh, Lightning Bolts, mm-hmm. uh, Orcish Bowmasters, Deathrite Shaman, and Fetch Lands. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, 20 wild cards or whatever. It's a lot of wild cards, but all of those are absolute sure things to either be in the format or get banned and I get my wild cards back. That's so, true. Or, that's sorry, true. restricted. Restricted. Three mm-hmm. wild cards back. Um, but the deck's super simple. It's uh, okay. So the two drops are four Orcish Bowmasters. Mm-hmm. The three drops are three Blood Moon and two Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Because, you know, got to throw a fable in there. Yeah. And then it's a crap load of one drops. You got Inquisition of Kozilek, mm-hmm. a couple of Thoughtseize. You got Lightning Bolt. You have uh, Ragavan. You have Dragon's Rage Channeler, mm-hmm. uh, Mishra's Bobble. Basically, the idea is you're going to put pressure and then you're going to kind of fuck them with disruption. And that disruption comes in the form of discard and turn to Blood Moon. Yeah. It means a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, because people are getting are so greedy, like they're playing mm-hmm. four color like money piles of yeah. Because I I know that like Omnath is like a big thing. I've heard that people are like yeah, people are like Omnath stuff. If Orcish Bowmasters isn't the best card in the format, then Oko is, mm-hmm. and people are playing like you know everything but black Oko piles or or the Omnath ones, or sometimes instead of Omnath, you do the the Bant plus Black, which is like Oko and Bowmasters to try to just play all the best cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes you go Fetch Land, Deathrite Shaman, Untap, Blood Moon. Mm. Uh, have have fun. Mm. I, I'm, are you glad you fetched that Triome? Because... <laughs> um, and I actually I haven't won that many games with Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. I've just been winning from playing absurdly powerful one drops um i think i actually of the 10 wins so five matches 10 wins i think i won one game with blood moon 
and it was against a Rakdos deck. Or no, sorry, oh. it was Jund. Okay. Um, but like, they had they had like found a forest, mm -hmm. but they never found a swamp. And I'm just sitting there like beating them in the face with a Ragavan, and their hand is like Lurus, Fatal Push, Fatal Push, Orcish Bowmasters. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ragavan attacks, yeah. Ragavan attacks. They're just like basic. So that swamp, game was lit lit the top. literally uh, won by Blood Moon. Like the, mm. I can't claim any, you know. That's what I was expecting is Blood Moon's just gonna come down and just win. Win. And it did that that time because but like no I saw times. them like I'm like sitting there, like put Lurus in your hand, put Lurus in your hand, put Lurus in your hand, like put Lurus in your hand, and that's Blood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Like the only thing you have to worry about that is the Ragavan thing, right? Because Ragavan makes treasures, and so then yeah, they could dig their way out slowly, sure. but like hopefully you can just kill them by. Or that. if they, they usually don't sniff it out when they're playing against Rakdos. Mm -hmm. so they are often not fetching basics if you're against like mono red or something you're like that's mm -hmm. got to be blood moon i'm gonna go fetch a swamp yeah but i think people aren't used to it yet so they're like oh i'm obviously gonna go fetch a tap fix my colors and, yeah, yeah yeah you're like well it'll get one of those yeah um and i mean jeff this is the punishing greedy players is something I love to do. That's why I'm having such a hard time in cons draft because it's trying to teach me to be a greedy player and I no, want to yeah, punish yeah. people. You got to lean into the greediness. Yeah. Sometimes. Because like my opponent's just like one mana 04. I'm like, fuck. I can't beat that. <laughs> I can't attack it to an 04. Like I can, but I guess it just triggers. Like one of my favorite cards is just like the two mana 2 1 that like if you attacked you get to they have to discard a card i love that right. card yeah because i'm like you would love that card. fuck your I mean, there are a lot of sets where that card would be excellent busted right? and, and so like it's fine yeah it's really and good i think even bunch. like in fate reforged or dragons i think both mm -hmm. those formats that became they they got a lot more aggressive and then it became an excellent card. Okay. The one I remember being amazing, and I can't remember if it was Fate Reforged or Dragons. I think it was Dragons, uh, is Heart Piercer Bow. Heart Piercer Bow was like became really good. Uh, yeah, because I open it like pings. It's awful in cons, but it's triple cons, but it's like really, really good. Good, I think in Dragons cons. It's so funny because like I remember seeing the bow. It goes around all the time and no one plays it because whatever but it's i remember just... hearing that it was really good and i was like how is this yeah. really i know that the there's the red creature that's the one who had it says like heart pierce or something um yeah on the card uh that one's really good because it deals two damage or something but anyway um maybe i need to take your list and go over to timeless to start beating down on the greedy decks oh, yeah. <laughs> just to make myself feel better about how horrible of a time i'm having in cons especially because there's still... I, it, it's just like that everyone talks about how great cons draft is and how it's one of the greatest formats ever and it's so nostalgic on stuff and i don't have the nostalgic part as much because i didn't really play it and i don't like doing the greedy thing as much as everybody else does apparently and so i just yeah like get stuck with like oh i guess I, is this how you draft a greedy deck i don't know it reminds me the of Kaldheim. limited community has that bias right like yeah call mm -hmm. people love to call time is exactly what i was gonna say too and mm -hmm. called time the best deck was the five i, I called it five color green yeah 
yeah. you take all the green cards, green cards. And you take whatever. I think my favorite archetype in cons is five color morph, mm-hmm. which is basically what you do. And this is something I actually um like, like I wasn't listening to content at the time. So I kind of quote unquote figured this out. Yeah. But what my strategy was and that I've carried over here a bit is you literally take every single land you see um, for about the first half of the draft. And then you take the best card you see in every single pack. Mm-hmm. And what happens is all of the filler picks, when there's not a land or there's not a bomb, you take one of the morphs, one of the, the like, you don't care which one, a free mm-hmm. weapon master, snow rider, you want those ones, but you kind mm-hmm. of take whatever morph you can. But you end up with a deck that is all the colors. You have like, I think the one I drafted on Arena was, I think, 15 non-basic lands. Like, I just took every, wow. like, literally every single one. Unless there's some unreasonably good bomb. Like, you see, like, flying crane technique or something, you fucking mm-hmm. take the thing that gives your team flying and double strike. But, you know, like short of something on that power level, Ghost Fireblade, obviously, like yeah. you take the land. I mean, Ghost Fireblade in that deck would be amazing too. So. Yeah, exactly. And then you take, and then that's basically the whole draft strategy. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't always work because you don't see a lot of lands usually because other people mm-hmm. are taking them. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it to spend a high pick on just some lands just to see and then sometimes you just get there and you're like, okay, I have all the lands and now I can take whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. And you just open such, like, cons is pretty bomb heavy. So if yeah. you can take whatever bomb you see, like, cons is balanced. The bomb heaviness is balanced by the fact that in later packs, you can't take the bombs because you're Jeskai and that's an Abzan mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah. When you do this, you're just like, take take the bomb. Oh, mm-hmm. you passed me a bomb? Take the bomb. Take the bomb. Oh, mm-hmm. you passed me a bomb? Take the bomb. And, uh, uh this is when I started like really 3-0-ing all the local mm-hmm. FNM events or whatever. I was just like, people are passing me triomes in pack one, or they weren't called tri- tri-lands. Mm-hmm. And then they're passing me like siege rhinos and stuff in pack two because it's not their Color. not their con. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yep, slap that in there, slap that in there. Ooh, a weapon master? Okay, I guess I'll take that. Okay. The deck is just functional because you have morphs uh. and then you have bombs that take over the game. Yeah. Well, now I have to basically open a pack. If it doesn't have an Alpine Grizzly, I guess I'm taking the land. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my new... Okay, <laughs> so my favorite archetypes. In order. You definitely want to be Bear Punch Aggro. Bear that's punch. like the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> then I actually like Five Color Morphs. Like, mm-hmm. That's a more realistic... Di- it, it turn. You're going to draft that way more often than you're yeah. going to draft Simic the, Bear Punch. Yeah. So that's why I said it was my favorite deck. But I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. Simic Bear Punch is like the one. If I'm doing the dream draft, yeah. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> bear Punching. And then actually somehow another Simic deck, just Simic Secret Plans, like Morph. Mm-hmm. If you can get a couple of Secret Plans or a Trail of Mystery, again, you just yeah. play all the Morphs. Um, then after that, like, I don't know. Warriors is an awesome deck if it comes together. And then you do like the standard thing where you just draft enemy colors mm-hmm. in pack one and then let the packs tell you which of the two uh, wedges to go into. 
Nice. You, you never really want to start with an allied colored pair. Like just, I think that's the biggest mistake you can make in cons is draft mm-hmm. an allied, get into an allied colored pair early, like blue white or something. And then it's like, well, if Jess guy's not open, then you're screwed. Then you're playing a crappy blue white deck. <laughs> like, yeah. That is something that I didn't fully grasp until more recently, where it's like, yeah, okay, so like I can go into blue red and feel okay, but when yeah. I have white cards, I'm like, oh, there's a blue card, maybe I'll do it. like that. Is it's also just like you know, yeah. in modern draft formats, you could do that and that was fine, or even in um. The, the three color draft formats we've had on Arena before, which is like New Capena, that was fine. Doing allied colors was totally chill. But this right. really punishes you for that. It's like, no, you need to be enemy colors so that you have more wedges to get into. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you want to hope to like, if you're just doing the normal, how you draft the thing, if you mm-hmm. commit to a wedge early, it's just, it's so much more... Like people are used to committing to two colors early and then sometimes you don't really get there because you get uh cut mm-hmm. it's so much worse when you commit to a wedge and the set is full of stinkers and like getting to enough playables is already kind of difficult mm-hmm. you get cut so hard if you if you're just like i'm just gonna do jeskai on your first pick yes like when you get cut your deck is is now off instead of being subpar opening like a a three color bomb can be so brutal and that's also what's so annoying when your opponent has one my first draft i thought was decent and the first thing that happens is that my opponent slams their zergo helm smasher which is like a four mana seven two (laughs) no it's a five mana seven two with haste that attacks and isn't indestructible on their turn and then whenever you block it like chump it it gets bigger because it gets counters yeah like i i remember my memory is all of the cons are unbeatable except narset narset is mm-hmm. kind of whatever but all of the other ones are like virtually unbeatable yeah just like what the fuck am i supposed to do and i've had narset before and be like sweet i'm doing great until i remember that narset doesn't have flying because her picture looks like she's flying and <laughs> and oh, so she'd be the, amazing if she had flying yeah because you... i remember narset usually people would deck themselves like they would be mm-hmm. worried about decking themselves with her so they wouldn't attack, attack. they would like draft a way to like cranial archive they draft a way to not deck themselves. oh is that what cranial archive is for yeah if you have narset you're not going to that themselves. makes sense yeah so there's an <laughs> artifact that just shuffles your graveyard into your library that like we but it just means like you can't play like it. treasure cruises and stuff like it's well, th- I was looking at the Cradle Archive thinking, oh, could I just target my opponent and shuffle their graveyard shut into off the treasure cruise? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like such a terrible thing to do. Like, it's hey, awful, I yeah. I destroyed all of these things. Do you want them back? <laughs> like, maybe I'll <laughs> Ooh, all your best cards. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna treasure cruise away my crappy cards and then you're gonna shuffle my good ones back in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah. Anyway, Jeff, I kind of want to end on a timeless note uh, and see sure. where where you're going with the format and what what your next steps are. So is this like you found your Rakdos deck? This is the deck you're going to be playing for a long time? Um, I don't know if I'll stick to Blood Moon forever. If people get more reasonable about what they're doing uh, and stuff like, you know, 
people ha- just haven't quite figured out the mono black dark ritual necropotent stuff like mm-hmm. i played against mono black actually forgot to side out my blood moons and i still won i like, oh. drew one i was like Ooh, this, this is a sketchy card to have in my deck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean they have a few utility lands i guess but it's really not worth playing this so i may i may switch over to like rakdos luris you know a little mm-hmm. more common thing or you know maybe i'll play liliana or something in its place eventually right now the blood moon i think even though i haven't been winning a lot of games with it i think there's enough decks where if i had drawn it it would have been it would have been so good yeah um that i'm still interested like people are doing that i want to have teferi and oko and lightning bolt in my deck so Mm -hmm. um I will say, like, I think people were worried about turn one combos and shit like that. I haven't seen that myself, and I haven't seen anyone who's playing the format see any of that. The format is extremely interactive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the most interaction-based format I've ever played. It's There are no decks that just can't don't care about what you're doing mm-hmm. at the moment. I'm sure those will get figured out. Or as cards get added, yeah, we'll see them. For sure. Right now, it's all about, we're all just playing amazing cards that are amazing because they're interactive. And it's like, who's going to do it better? Mm-hmm. And I'm loving it. It's like, who's yeah. who's playing Ragavan better? Who's playing uh, Mishra's Bobble? Like, you got to know some tricks. You got to know mm-hmm. how to play with fetch lands. You got to know how to use Mishra's Bobble. Um, yeah, and... Uh, brainstorm and all that kind of stuff that's the brainstorm the yeah i'm not playing a blue deck but yeah if you're playing a blue deck you gotta just just do a quick read up on how to i think reed duke wrote an article about how to play brainstorm mm-hmm. so i'd probably go read that one if i was yeah. gonna play a blue deck read that one uh covert go blue is streaming again he doesn't stream very often anymore he just makes youtube videos but he's been streaming a lot just and he only plays blue essentially uh, as his is name he doing, would suggest. Is he doing best of one? So I'm playing best of three. I oh, that's true. He, he is playing He is playing best of one, yeah. That would be um, a totally different format that I can't comment on. I'm sure Blood Moon is like even better there. But... Probably. <laughs> but uh, I more so in the, the brainstorm won't change uh, in in that yeah. matchup. Yeah, yeah, you can probably learn how to correctly play Brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, if you're playing Blue, Brainstorm should be in your deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let's nip that in the bud right now <laughs> it doesn't matter what your deck is brainstorm mm-hmm. should be in it um if you're playing black orcish bowmasters should be in your deck it also makes fun because things because it's so good against brainstorm. brainstorm yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah that like that becomes a fun little little thing when you're playing against another black deck you never want to be the first player to play orcish bowmasters Mm-hmm. So you get these just like the morph chicken you get mm-hmm. bowmaster's chicken where you're trying to like draw enough cards to really incentivize your opponent to play their bowmasters because you have one mm-hmm. to like kill their bowmasters in response and so your opponent's like i'm gonna draw two cards and you're like hmm hmm that's Jeez. very tempting yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna wait for a thought mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's cool. I I have to say that, you know, last week I had talked about this in our Discord as well. When Timeless was first announced, I see I was very low on it just because 
I was very focused on like Explorer and wanting Pioneer on the like in uh, the client and being able to go back and forth between paper and all that stuff. Going through cons and actually watching and seeing a lot of other people's deck lists with timeless stuff. And the fact that fetch lands are actually on arena. Like we have talked about this since the beginning of the podcast and like whether they would bring them and like change them so that they bolted you instead of just one life. And would that be enough to make them terrible that you could actually play right. blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that I should just be excited and jump on board. I am getting excited hearing about it. Uh, so I will definitely be playing timeless. Uh, obviously I'm trying to collect for it now. Um, it's, so... it's really fun. I don't know where it's going to land right now. We're in the, like, everyone just wants to play the crazy cards, the wild west and, stuff. Yeah. You know, I haven't ran into anything that's too stupid mm-hmm. or at least the stupid stuff's not consistent. Um, I think it, it's, it's kind of, it makes me feel kind of like I'm playing legacy as mm-hmm. playing, I'm playing brainstorm and fetch lands and yeah ragavan and stuff and it's all simple but mm-hmm. technical yeah and i feel like you eke out those small advantages and that's how you win and that's really rewarding mm-hmm. and since everything in your deck costs one mana or like you know 60 percent of it i do like that you don't get just screwed out of games quite as mm-hmm. often um like you can keep a one lander and that's probably fine uh especially if Deathrite Shaman's in your hand and it's a fetch land. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Uh, de- you get to kill Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, it's just been really, really fun to play with these such high power level cards, but because your opponent is too, and the specific cards that everyone's playing with, again, are interactive. They're good because they interact with the opponent. Uh, I guess except Ragavan, which is just it's good because if they can't kill it, then you win the they, game. Yeah. But like, uh, for the most part, it's like there. I've had no non games. I haven't had mm-hmm. any non games except the one when I blood mooned my opponent when they were holding all black cards, and I was yeah. like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounds fun. Also, like, I hope you draw your one swamp, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into uh, black, red, or just black in general because. Death Shadow was a deck I was interested in playing back when his. I think you can play Death Shadow in. I think you can absolutely play Death Shadow, but again, there's a lot of technical mm-hmm. proficiency that comes with Death Shadow because when everyone else has four lightning bolts, you'd mm-hmm. be really careful with that life total. That's true. So that does sound like a thing that I could be excited about. Um, Death it. Shadow specifically, Timeless is actually very much something i'm interested and then in it's now. like do you go grixis do you go mm-hmm. red black do you go red green death yeah. shadow probably not red green or sorry or, <laughs> it's like <laughs> definitely not red green. Like, can red you play ponza can we, can we bring mm, back stone ring i mean moon ponza that is something i'm very interested in you can play a lot of one drop accelerants mm. You could play 16 if you wanted to with Deathrite Shaman, the two elves, and the halfling. Yeah. Delighted halfling from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I love Delighted you, Halfling. You okay. could turn to a Blood Moon with or or Stone Rain with extreme consistency. <laughs> that problem is your probably opponent's gonna Inquisition you on turn one. And then you, and then you just have a bunch of mana dorks. And then you just have yeah, a bunch of halflings. So 
we don't play stone rain we play the four mana stone rain so they can't yeah. inquisition got us <laughs> got him and then and they thought seized you're like Come yeah. on. God, get out of here um no but ponza playing ponza or death shadow or if we can get aether vial death and taxes i think like the ponza death and taxes all that stuff you could build a, a super reasonable deck with that stuff but it's tier two like for sure you're if you want to if you want to play you know tier one you got to be playing the busted stuff and what i wanted to call out was um you know you were talking about how you know maybe we missed the boat on picking some of the strixhaven busted cards mm. but we have been on it about you know Uro's about to get banned, Crafter. That's now. true. Mm-hmm. Oko's about to get, or Oko's banned, Crafter. Omnath's about to get banned, Crafter. Omnath's now. And that's paying off for me now because there are a lot of decks where I'm just like, I have Oko, I have four Oko's, I have four Uro's, I have mm-hmm. four Omnath's. Like, I have that stuff. So the lands was the biggest part. And then, you know, the Strixhaven stuff or whatever. Yeah, but for stuff, the most but... part, just playing Arena this whole time and always doing the craft band thing mm-hmm. um like i i could build that four color money pile deck if if that's what i wanted to play i think i would just have to craft like swords to plow shares basically yeah which i think i have a couple because i like swords to plow shares so if i saw it i would take it um yeah and it it's printed. a reasonable limited card it's, yeah it's great good, so. yeah <laughs> um uh, or like counterspell if i was playing counterspell i might have to craft that what i think is that you know Wizards should really just have Strixhaven like flashback draft come back so people could draft these cards. And... That would be awesome. And I think that's a better solution. Like people are up in arms. And if you're one of these people, look, I don't blame you, but people are up in arms about cards that were not rares in their mm-hmm. original printing sure. being mm-hmm. rares on Arena. That's a feel bad only because you know that that card existed in paper a long time ago at a different rarity. Mm-hmm. If that card had never existed in paper, I think you would agree that this card merits a rare wild card. Mm-hmm. You just want it not to be rare, mm-hmm. which I can sympathize with. Yeah, I think it would be great if I could spend a common wild card on Lightning Bolt. But is it this things going around that it's somehow unfair that lightning bolt requires a rare wild card and that i don't get like just because you know that there's a paper a totally different game essentially <laughs> had the card That's at a true. different rarity like i get that that feels bad but i mean come on lightning bolt is an excellent card and mm-hmm. is much much better than many cards that you can spend a rare wild card on. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at it from like, if you never knew about paper magic and you were just playing arena, nobody would have any qualms with these cards being rares. But because they existed at some point in a different capacity, it's somehow super unfair of wizards or like a money grab. And it's mm-hmm. like, look, we already know. <laughs> We already know Hasbro is money grabbing. Magic is mm-hmm. an expensive game. That's the thing. Why is this the battle? People are like, Timeless won't survive unless they reprint these at commons. You know what I'll say? Don't oh. hold your breath. No. Don't hold your breath. You're not getting Lightning Bolt for a common mm-hmm. wild card ever. Yeah. Also, this is just... The things that we always say is like, be very careful with the wild cards that you use. 
Jeff had just explained a deck that like, these are the best cards. You can invest into those just, just... They're never going to print something that makes Lightning Bolt obsolete. They're not going to... Or yeah, at least exactly. not for a very long time. If they ever print like a single red mana instant speed deal four damage to any target, the game's <laughs> over, you know? like <laughs> Then everyone's playing burn, you know? Yeah, the, the game is just done. So I there are bigger things to worry about if that's going to be power crept and you can't invest in that. If you start talking about changing rarities, like downshifting stuff that Pete Wizards has decided is like more expensive. The same thing was talking, uh, Ravnica remastered. Uh, there's a lot of like commander staples are getting pushed to mythic, um, which like, sure. Yeah. Some of those also should be mythic. I don't know why. Right. And it's because the format is meant to be draftable. Yeah, well, there's that, but also, like, the fight shouldn't... If you want to fight about anything about rarities, like, sure, uh, you're upset with Lightning Bolt or uh, Dark Ritual or whatever, Brainstorm. The real fight you should be having is actually just, like, convincing wizards for whatever reason to make lands, every land, like, yeah. not rare. Like, lands yeah. should just be uncommon or lower for everything forever, always. But that's a, you know how impossible that fight is. So why are you making this other fight? I don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't totally get it. And it's like, look, Timeless is the most expensive format on Arena. That's mm -hmm. what it is. If yeah. you're priced out of it, I'm sorry, that that sucks. You haven't been playing long enough or whatever. Like, yeah, that's a thing. If you have to play a long time or invest some money invest. to buy the wild cards. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. They offer so many formats that that's the point. Standard yeah. is the entry level format. Then mm -hmm. there's Explorer. Then this was historic, and then the there's real timeless. Draft is the real entry level. Yeah, format. draft is entry level. That's yeah. yeah, good point. And it's like you don't have some sort of weird right to be able to play everything you want for free or cheap. Um, yeah, and to be competitive. The other thing is that I'm like sorry, that's just not how it works. Yeah. But I also think that your mission to get those cards is not uh that difficult. No. When I first started playing, I knew that I needed all the shock lands. I, I just knew I needed lands. So anytime I had a rare wild card, I would just craft a new land and just so I didn't have it in my account, so I would brew a little bit. There yeah. are things and with them. Keep on drafting. And yeah. And, or just like land. playing. Drafting and, and crafting. And anytime you get a rare wild card, just use it on a land before you use it for a, a kind of crappy card that you think might be good in something. And that can help you not spend them on things that are bad. Yeah. I it, If you draft for a while, you get good at draft and you're, you know, really stingy with your wild cards mm -hmm. it won't take you that long to craft a tier one timeless deck and it's also it, i think it's more so just have a plan just be like yeah i know have what deck i want to build yeah work towards that deck and then you'll be able to build it um it's the same with literally everything in your entire life so there is nothing yeah. in your life that doesn't need a plan to be working towards slowly every single day magic is just one of those other things and my deck has a shocking amount of non-rares. You know, you got mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Vicious Bobble. 
Vicious Bobble. Dragon's Rage Channeler, Fatal Push, Unholy Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a that's, I was surprised at the number of uncommons that ended up in my deck list because people talk about how every card in the deck is a rare. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't have to be quite true. Although, I did, like, you I, can I see mentioned, I spent yeah. 20 rare wild cards, but 20 is achievable. Mm-hmm. It is. I I literally have them sitting in my account right now, and you just saying that you only use 20 makes alarm bells go off in my mind, where it's like, I could do that literally right now. So, anyway. Yeah, it was 20, because it was DRS, it was mm-hmm. Bowmasters, it was Lightning Bolts, and it was two fetch lines. Yeah. So, 20. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. But then again, I have the, all the other lands, I guess. Exactly. So you have all the shocks and the whatever you need. Um, Fast lands. Which I have too. So, but there was a, the first thing I did when I joined was make those. I made that point earlier. Anyway, Jeff, let's get to last call. Um, We don't need to talk about MTG finance too much, but, uh, but yeah, if you ever want to fight us on that, or, you know, if you want to have any more discussions with that, just go into our discord. The link is in the show notes um it's uh our yeah. regulars discord we will i didn't want to continue. end on a negative note there it's timeless, not really negative. i just wanted to say timeless has been super super fun yeah and like it, it's been greater than i expected i expected it just be fun because you get to play with cool cards but it's mm-hmm. also been like really really back and forth swingy like games super play to like play skill dependent and mm-hmm. yeah you, it's just been like a Every game has been a real game mm-hmm. where both players were like just interacting with what the other person was doing. And, uh, you know, I kind of expected to just get janked out of a few games, jank some people out of a few games myself and, yeah. you know, get screwed and flooded and stuff. But that doesn't really happen mm-hmm. because everything's so cheap. You play so few lands. You just kind of like play a real game every game. And that's been super sweet. Nice makes me really excited to play the format uh and you know invest into it because uh it's probably going to be the ones i play um the last thing i want to touch on before we go is how many uh like digital only cards are you dealing with in the format i did see one so i played against um rakdos sack Mm -hmm. and it was playing a card that was like if you lost if you gained life and your opponent lost life, seek two vampires for one mana. Oh. So you oh, that's like a activate new card. the you activate the anvil and it like mm-hmm. drains. Right. And then you play that and you get like a blood tithe harvester and a bull darren epicure. Or like two epicures or two mm-hmm. harvesters or whatever. Um so it was a it was a draw two relevant spells for one, if I kind of have one of my engines going, uh, the cat also triggers the i game right um okay i i did often like inquisition them and leave them with that card because i was like don't worry about it Mm -hmm. Um, if you take the engine it doesn't do anything yeah but then they did top deck the cat and they play the cat and then play that i was like ah son of a bitch yeah (laughs) at least you don't have your your anvil um yeah i don't know we had a good back and forth. They won game one, I won game two, and then I kind of steamrolled them in game three. Um, it felt like it's not quite there as much as I love 
Practice sacrifice. Yeah. I'm not even sure they were playing Mayhem Devil. Oh no, 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 they're playing Luris, so of course they're not. So Oh, well that's a huge was... mistake. Right? Yeah, it would anyway, we can yeah. we can get into into the because the... I was like holding removal for Mayhem Devil and I was like, wait a minute, Luris of the Dream Dead. Well, wait a minute. Hmm. They probably they... don't have Mayhem Devil. Yeah, there. probably. Unless yeah. uh, they found a really neat bug. Yeah, unless um, there's another Lurus bug. Yeah. <laughs> you can play whatever you want in your deck. Um, I was really glad I added a single Overgrown Tomb to my deck so that Deathride Shaman can exile creatures from a graveyard. Ooh. Um, and you get it whenever you want because you play a bunch of fetches. So. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love it. That see, Good and that's stuff. Deathrite Shaman tip there. That sounds super cool. Just one <laughs> overgrown your black tomb. red deck. Just play a single overgrown tomb. Mm -hmm. You go get it, and you eat the cat out of the graveyard when mm -hmm. they least expect it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, there's no way that he can do that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that makes me even more excited. So, Jeff, let's go to last call. Let's talk about these sweet beers that we had this evening. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if they were that sweet, but they were they were good. <laughs> A little uh, bitter. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> um, so as always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the Tears in Arena. So um, before we get into it, don't feel bad about what tier you're in. Um, everyone's in different tiers in different times. Jeff is a mythic god, apparently. Um, but <laughs> I just keep winning with black red, man. I'm just so good. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think black red is so good, and I'm just there. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, so just don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're really bad. They're horrible. They're like a zero out of five scale. Like you can't even drink them. Yeah, silver beers are bad, or just super boring. So. Yeah, if your macro brews would find themselves in silver. Mm -hmm. uh, gold beers are fine, but you wouldn't really think about them ever again. Platinum are good. You like these and you get them again. Mm -hmm. Diamond beers are exceptional. You would drink these often and you'll show them off to your friends. And Mythic, best of the best. Mm -hmm. These are the... Uh, the rack doses of the, uh, of the beer world. <laughs> um. So, Jeff, we haven't actually picked beers in a really long time because we stopped doing two beers an episode. But right. do we want to pick, pick one? Pick Let's our favorite beer. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Ah, I'm dropping my cans. Three, two, one. After, after this, this after, after that. that. All right. Yes. So uh, picked... this is the beer that I thought I was picking when I said we should do the fest beer. <laughs> and that's what I kind of thought too. That's why I wanted to look it up. Um, but uh, yeah, Dunkles are delicious. They're yeah, this like is fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. The only thing is that it's just not big enough. I want it to be taller. <laughs> I know, right? It's gotta be a tall boy. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I'll give this one Diamond. Mm -hmm. I think it was just really, really excellent. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like it crossed the line to Mythic for me. It was like, I don't know if what exactly I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. In order, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be able to say what they need to do to improve to get across for that sure. line. I'm not a brewer, but I, don't know. Uh, I loved it, and uh, I just think I would 
it, it fits that description perfectly. Like I'll tell mm-hmm. people about this. I'll go order it, but it's not my all time favorite beer list. Yeah. I'll definitely go back or, uh, and, and pick this up again. Um, but I agree with you. Diamond is where it would sit. Um, after this, after that, super um, tasty though. Like, yeah. It's and re- so almost tasty. like refreshing a little bit just with its. Yeah. Carbonation. It's exactly the type of one. If like you're talking to someone and just randomly they throw, Oh, I really like Dunkles. You're like, you know where you should go, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You mm-hmm. like Dunkles. I got yeah, yeah. one for you. Mm-hmm. Like just like out of left field, which, um, right. you don't hear that from people very often about not that they don't like Dunkles, just they don't, that's not just a word that they say. Um, yeah, for sure. Or if they're like, I, I like darker lockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, got, I got a place for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also just want to go back to this place. Uh, it was super cool. Just like walking in and they have, it looks like they have some pretty good food. So it'd be nice to, to nice. be there. Um, and then stones, the fest beer. Yes. I want to hear your thoughts I, on this one. I liked this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think this landed in, in platinum for me. For it sure. may have been a bit of an expectation thing. Like, I just didn't know what it was, and now I know what it is. But even as the, like, drinkable, like, crushable kind of thing, mm-hmm. I feel like I wish this had a little more kind of carbonation to it. It's It's a little... Oh, interesting it's a little flat almost or like compared to what I'm used to, I guess, for mm-hmm. easy drinking lagers. Yeah. And maybe I'm just accustomed to that, like American, uh, light. Oh, like super uh, bubbly, like drinkable bubbly thing. I guess mm-hmm. this is higher percentage so that that probably contributes, but that's true. Um, yeah, I was just like, I was missing, I guess, refresh, maybe not, doesn't have to be carbonated, but like, I was missing a little bit of like could be a little Crisp. more refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I um, I agree. Platinum is is where I was putting it as well, and um, I think it was good. It, it like quickly the flavor re- was great. Yeah, I was it, just like I I want it to be like I don't know, just a little, little more. Yeah, it, it quickly reminded me of like a Heineken. So I would definitely recommend anyone who has it has like a a hint of that Heineken has a bit of that like kind of. It's not that's skunky. A, that's a good call out. Yeah, but it has like it has like a little bit of a I don't know what the word is. I usually say like skunky ish kind of like weedy. It is related to skunk it, but it's not yeah. like you know your beer. It's not, not like off putting. Yeah, it's not off putting yeah. and it's not gross. But if you are the person who likes Heineken, does have a bit of that like rank, mm-hmm. you know, like but it's back sub- of the mouth taste. Yeah, on. but it's like subdued. Uh, so I would push like I like this a lot more than Heineken. Um, which Heineken oh, through the silver series I found out is much higher on my rankings than I thought. Uh, I used yeah. to really not like it or think I yeah. really didn't like it, but, um, this a really revealing series. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think like better Heineken is a great way to describe this. Beer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, if that's something that you're interested in, go check out true history in Toronto. Um, Really great stuff. We have some more of their beers as well, so I'm excited to to see yes. what else. This, this has gotten me hyped for the other ones. Mm-hmm. I think part of my ranking is like, I think I think there are better ones in my fridge than Stones. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with this or that it wasn't yes. good. I just yeah. don't want to like be like this is mythic, and then I drink ones that I like better. And you're like, <laughs> oh, huh? Actually, no, maybe it wasn't. Um, but obviously, we've had so many beers, we know what what things are yeah. mythic and yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
orange <laughs> button. Also, our rating system is a little bit flawed. That's okay. <laughs> hey, you take that back. <laughs> I was trying to teach my wife about it when we were out, like eating food or like drinking stuff. I was like, okay, what would you rate this, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a scale from like zero to five? And I was kind of using that, and yeah. Uh, it ended up being like silver would like jump over gold a lot in that situation. Right. And it just like didn't really work out. We were like drinking red stripes or something. And she's like, this is exactly what I want. I was like, yeah, but <laughs> well, well yeah. yeah, it is silver, but it's like better than gold beer sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, if you want to talk to us about how our rating system could be improved, we're not going to listen to you, but you can tell us at uh, our arena regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you'd have to convince the MTG arena team to change theirs first. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may also find us on MTG arena under the username arena regulars podcast crushing some timeless. Mm-hmm. and uh losing in some like, we're gonna play our draft. standard rogues deck <laughs> that's it uh that's all we got um yeah we're playing standard rogues in timeless um no polluted deltas we don't need them yeah yeah we don't have the wild cards for them. um or we're just playing those four fetches and that's it um Anyway, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place is the Discord channel. Uh, we have a lot of fun discussions there. We're going to be posting deck lists left and right. So mm-hmm. come join in on the fun if you enjoy these formats as much as we do. The link for that should be in the show notes. It is. Uh, also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review review there. Uh, go to YouTube. Do all the stuff that you need to do. Uh, watch our videos so you can see our beautiful faces. If you want to see more of my face, I'm also streaming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Twitch at regular underscore Zach. Uh, usually like 10 to 2. Uh, sometimes Jeff is there as well. Um, and some more people from the Discord. So come check us out. And the best thing you could do if you like our podcast, is just tell your friends. Be like, hey, do you like do you like podcasts about magic and beer? Listen to these guys. It, it uh, helps us out a lot. And, you know, we, we really like that. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you want to dominate your next cons draft, you got to play Simic Bear Punch. Good night. All right, that's fine.